You are now tuning in to Black Light, the collegiate discussion on the black student diaspora. What's up, guys? Welcome to Black Light, the collegiate discussion on the Black Student Diaspora. Again, I'm your host, Leon, and thank you, thank you for coming in and still tuning in with me. So this episode is I Am My Brother's Keeper, camaraderie between black men on campus, and my guest for today, the Jalen Malik Grimes. How you feeling, man? Oh, yeah, I hit a crowd. I'm but <laughs> I'm feeling great. I am here. I am, you know, blessed and highly favored. I'm appreciative of this opportunity. And I'm just very excited for everything that we have to talk about today. So thank you for coming on the show, Jalen. It really means a lot. So introduce yourself to the crowd. Okay. Well, like you said, my name is Jalen Malik Grimes. Malik does mean king in Swahili and in Arabic. It's a fun fact. I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I am 21 years old. I am a bachelor. I'm also <laughs> an exercise science major. And I have played rugby for three years. This is uh, my senior year as well here at East Tennessee State University. Plan on graduating in the fall. And, I mean, like, I'm about 5'6", 200 pounds, so, you know, if you like your man, a little stalky, I'm your guy. <laughs> Jalen, I love your stats. Thank I love you. your stats. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I ain't want to go too far with the stats, but, I mean, like, three-time, first all-team, all-conference, so I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Let's get with the show. So, um, my brother's keeper, what does that mean? I mean, to me, that means a lot of, a lot, a lot of different things. Growing up, I was in a family of three sisters and a brother and everything like that, but everybody was a lot older than I was. And so I had to pretty much make my own family of the people around my age and everything. Had an older cousin and we kind of grew apart because he was two or three years older than me. So he started experiencing a lot of things that I couldn't at that time and age and everything. So like I said, I had to find some people around my age and everything. And I found these two characters named Alex and Big Ken, Big Al and Big Ken, as they like to be called and everything. And I've been friends with them for the past eight years. And then I came up here to ETSU and I just found like a whole nother family uh, called OTF which consists of Leon, Mason, Caleb, Alex, DeMarcus, Gladstone, Riley, Malinsky, and so on and so forth and everything. I hope I didn't forget anybody, which I'm pretty sure I named off everybody. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, like, what does it mean to me? It's just like a brotherhood and everything. It's kind of like you guys aren't blood related, but that doesn't matter and everything. Yeah, like and family. so your family, like dead ass be your family. Like if... I was hungry or something like that. I can text any of those people that I, I mentioned, and they would definitely give me something to eat or give me the money to go do that. If I needed to go somewhere, all I have to do is ask. Like, I never have to want for anything like that. Even though I'm, all, like, very, very independent, like, if I'm ever struggling in any situation, I know that there's somebody that I can go to within those friend groups because I consider them to be brothers and be family and stuff like that. And I mean, like, brothers are just people that you can kick it with, you can laugh with, you can cry with, you can, you know, talk about serious uh, situations, you can go to advice. It's just so many things that come with being my brother's keeper and everything like that. You know, I could just talk for hours on that subject, but, like, just in the gist, it's just, you know, the people that you love and they're considered family and blood couldn't make y'all any closer. 
My brother. Thank you so much. That, that meant a lot to me, my man. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, I ain't trying to drop no tears or nothing, but I mean, I will, but we ain't got no cameras, so I ain't <laughs> giving no sympathy. But you know, if I cry, they might hear the tears. Well, let me get off my high horse real quick. So we're going to talk about My Brother's Keeper Initiative. My Brother's Keeper is a White House initiative that was brought on by Barack Obama, and that initiative was mainly for to help and aid in um, the youth, making sure that they're getting mentors that are learning uh, important things that uh, people are actually looking out for them. It was meant to help the youth grow and actually like build a community around our youth. You know the saying, it takes a tribe. And because I full on believe that, and especially with that initiative, they currently do that, especially for our youth in America today. So when it comes to it, the current community of black men at ETSU's campus, do we take the initiative to show that we are our brother's keeper? Honestly, it's just kind of like in pockets. And a lot of that is because like everybody has their differences and stuff like that. But nobody wants to sit down and talk about why we have those differences and why can we not coexist in the same community. Now, when you say pockets, do you mean like kind of own cliques or? I mean, yeah, definitely like clickers. Like every black male just kind of has like those couple guys that they hang around and stuff like that. I mean, I personally, I know a lot of people on this campus and everything considering some of the things that I do on campus, but I definitely have those core people that I always go back to and everything and that you'll always catch me with. And like, if I'm there, they're not too far behind or something like that and everything. But it's just kind of like that around the campus. It's kind of clickish and nobody wants, like I said, to talk about like our differences that way as a whole community, as black men that we could come together and be very supportive of each other and like you know some people you know have business businesses and some people do things like art and music and stuff like that it's things that we could be supporting of each other but nobody knows about it because we don't communicate we don't have that dialogue i i full-on agree with it especially me being a black man on campus i definitely see like because when i when i say clickish it sounds like there's a negative connotation to it but uh we have our groups that you know we come home we're chill like we definitely have people to rock with those are our people right there. But when it comes to it, at the end of the day, there are big differences between our, I guess, the cliques of our of the black men in our community. When it comes to it, with the differences, what differences were you talking about, per se? I mean, like, just, like, kind of the way that everybody kind of handles themselves and stuff like that. And I know, like, my friend group, a lot of us are very diverse, and we are very, like, artistic in our own different ways. And, like, I have a friend who's a photographer, and then I have another friend who does music and also does poetry and stuff like that. I, myself, I like to express myself in the way that I dress and stuff like that. And just, like, all those different aspects that we all have, it's different aspects that we bring to the table mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And then, like, within my friend group, I just have so many different people from also different age groups that that also brings another diversity to our group and everything. Like, one of my friends is actually married now and stuff like that so that's something that i could look to and i can look for guidance for and everything and then i have another friend who's actually like moved out of johnson city and moved into um, another city to actually start working on his career and everything so that's also something that i can look at and so when i say um like differences between quicks a lot of those people kind of have the same age group and the same geographic kind of people in their group and stuff like that which is nothing wrong with that i know in mines mines is very diverse so if i have questions about different stages in life that i can go to them about and then like when it comes to clicks and stuff like that like i said everybody has those core people that they go back to and that's their own family but the way that i look at it is if we have our own family and there's another group of black men and stuff like that that they should be considered like 
if anything, like cousins to us and stuff like that. That means that we're still family. We're just, you know, on a different branch mm-hmm. of the tree and mm-hmm. everything like that. And so that's how I would like to see it. But like I said, it just all boils down to the communication and the dialogue and having that conversation. So at the end of the day, do you feel as though that we as a black community, well, as a community between black men, do you feel as though are we unified? I mean, honestly, no. Like, I feel like the most unified that we'll ever be is in the CPA playing basketball or something like that. Mm -hmm. But even then, like, there's always, like, a lot of controversies over something that's very small and minuscule and things like that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's some uh, people on this campus who do actually go that extra step and that extra mile to actually make sure that, like, our new students or our transfer students who are black men and stuff like that, who try and mend those bridges and stuff like that and bring the connections and everything. But, like, when you look at it, it's kind of like the same core black men doing everything over and over and over. And then when everybody knows all those black guys, they're just like, oh, those are the only black guys that are on campus who actually do something for the campus and the community to try to bring the communities together. All right, so what discourages camaraderie between, not you? because you, you brought up points that were like, you know, we all have our core sense of like people that are, that are kind of like home. You know, does that per se discourages camaraderie between everybody? Or is there like something else, you know, that's discouraging each other uh, from, you know, hanging with each other, not even just hanging with each other, like supporting each other or being a guide, mentoring? I definitely feel like how you were raised definitely plays a really big part Mm -hmm. in everything. And I know some people come from really rough neighborhoods where you just don't talk to a lot of outside people. You kind of have those people that you know and everything. You kind of stick with them because those are your day ones. One thing that's really big upon the black community is loyalty and stuff like that. And so when you're loyal to those people, like you really don't need anybody else because you feel like you have everything you need within those core groups of people and stuff like that. Mm. But like definitely like something that I've learned since I've been in college, it's not always about like what you know, but who you know and stuff like that. So that's an aspect that they could be missing out on, you know, because the way they were brought up, they're ignorant to the outside advantages that they could possibly get by supporting somebody else who is black or just being open to anybody else's you know ideals or morals and stuff like that and just be kind of like like i said just having that communication they're like missing that factor and everything which is why um the camaraderie doesn't happen because we just don't take that step that first little leap of faith or anything like that see i'm glad you brought that up because especially it does play a huge part on who we talk to and also who are we going to talk to because to be honest with you i feel as though when it comes for the way we treat each other we would treat each other differently especially not only if we feel home but like especially if say you believe in something different than i do when it comes to it like especially the fear of being seen as being gay just gay people in general you know we have a lot of people within the lgbt community a lot of black men in the lgbt community that how can i say don't really respond to us or never really hang. Now, there's some who, who do hang, but there's some people because of the fear, actually because of the homophobia, period, point blank. And um, when it comes to that, I feel like that definitely stresses cohesion between black men in general. I still remember having a conversation with you the other day, and I remember saying, all right, love you, bro. And you was like, hey, love you too, big dog. And somebody looking at us crazy like, wait, you did you really just say you love another man? Like, and, bu- and I was like, crazy. Y'all never like nobody's ever told you that that they loved you, man. Or like, did your dad ever say that he loved you? And when it comes to it, I feel like that's one big, big problem that we have 
within a uh, community between black men because people are afraid to, I guess, to show weakness. But like, but it transfers to homophobia. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I mean, definitely when it comes to um, homosexuality, my personal outlook on it is like, I mean, I personally, it doesn't matter to me as long as you're happy and as long as, you know, you're still doing, you know, things that are morally correct and ethically correct and stuff like that. It doesn't bother me at all. And I have close contact with people who are, you know, straight, bisexual or homosexual and everything like that. And I have um, experienced with all these people because of, you know, being on campus and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. where you're available to be who you want to be and stuff like that. And, like, it's just kind of crazy because, like, I went home, actually, for Thanksgiving, and, like, I was went out, and I was going out for Thanksgiving, and I was, like, wearing something that my dad, per se, didn't like. He was just like, oh, that looks really feminine. When it comes to, like, my sexuality, don't ever question me because I'm very secure in who I am mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so when you have to go home and fear that, you know, your family, even, like, your own family, like, your flesh and blood has a problem with you, you know, living a a certain lifestyle then like it's just really crazy because those are supposed to be people who love you and stuff like that and so when you come to a campus where nobody really knows anybody that probably like triples the fear because you don't know them you don't know where they're Mm -hmm. from you don't know how they're how they were raised or anything like that and like in college some people can be very very accepting Mm -hmm. and then some people could just be you know downright awful to you just based off of like few small characteristics such as like homosexuality and stuff like that and then, of course, like within the black community, it's just really, really frowned upon because of certain things like social media and music and stuff like that and how it portrays black men and things like that. Because every time you see a new rapper comes out or anything like that, it's always, you know, him flashing his diamonds and flexing with a whole bunch of women in the background and stuff like that. And so, like, it just shows, like, the black man has to be a black man by always, you know, over-sexualizing black women or just women in general and that, you know, a real, a true black man or a real nigga can't be a real nigga if he's gay. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yes, yes. And like the thing is, when it comes to homosexuality, you can be real and still be gay. Some of the realest people I know have been homosexuals, and the reason that they're real is because they know who they are. They're very secure in their manhood, and they're very secure in their blackness. And like, you know, it's a very controversial thing to be homosexual. For one reason, but if you're black and homosexual, it's like you got to deal with the outside society as well as your own community mm. when you're supposed to be able to feel at home. Yes, sir. You just brought up a good point. So the whole idea on what a real nigga is, what is a real nigga? I mean, when a lot of the times when you see black men portrayed on TV screens or in, in music or anything like that, a real nigga air quotes y'all mm-hmm. can't see it i can it's always you know some guy who's probably like dribbling the ball some guy who knows how to rap a whole bunch of bars or something like that some guy with a whole bunch of money a whole lot of women and you know smokes weed and drinks alcohol and stuff like that and like not saying that any of those things are, da- are bad or anything like that but like that's what a lot of the portrayal is and mm-hmm. stuff like that and so when you see media and everything you see a lot of different portrayals for a lot of different other people on a vast, you know, of the race spectrum and stuff like that, when they're in different positions and stuff like that, some of the positions are really good, some of them are really bad, but, like, most of the time when you see black people, it's either they're a thug, they're crooked in some way or something like that, they're a person of power and brute force, Mm -hmm. or they're, like, comedic relief or something like that. Okay, and so to, like, to put this back on track, so pretty much these portrayals of these certain things, they add on to the disconnect that we have between each other mm-hmm. so the images of what we have of a real nigga the images of what we have on 
something that we want to be or something that um, we want to express or do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is there any way, anything behind that? Because to, to be honest with you, what I'm looking at is so people are just trying to be fake. And then when it comes to a people trying to be fake, especially the people who are against, you know, people of LGBT community and people who are against of actually showing your emotion, saying that that's too feminine, that to me is just toxic masculinity, big time. Absolutely. And do, do you think we have a big issue within our community of black men with toxic masculinity? Oh, yeah. And then the portrayal, especially because social media puts on this whole facade on what real niggas, air quotes, supposed to be mm-hmm. and everything. Now, what is your definition of a real nigga? I mean, honestly, I'm the definition of a real nigga to me, if you want to be just honest, completely honest. But, like, the only reason I say that is because, like, like I said, I'm very secure in my manhood, and I've been questioned about my sexuality multiple times. I've been hit on by people, you know, who are homosexual and stuff like that, and, like, it's flattering or whatever, but I know that I personally don't swing that way. But I feel like I'm very secure in my manhood that I can say thank you and let them know that, you know, that's not this, and then it not be a problem. And everything. And like I said, it may not be something that I full on support, but I'm never going to fault you, you know, for who you are and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Especially if you are very secure and you know who you are. I can never fault you for being whoever you say that you are and everything. And that if you follow those footsteps and that you're taking those footsteps and truth and stuff like that, I can never fault you for that mm-hmm. and everything. And I, I'm one of those people, I can agree to disagree. And so we may not always see eye to eye, but I always will have respect for you, especially if you have your reasons and you have, you know, your facts or you have, you know, the things that you were brought up and like they influenced you and stuff like that. Those are certain things that I cannot change about you. The only thing mm-hmm. that I can change is how I come at you as a man, mm-hmm. a black one at that. Oh, you brought up. <laughs> I felt the spirit on that one, my man. You brought up a great point. I feel like it. When it comes to it, you explain it best. You're going to come at them as a man, period, point blank. And when it comes to it, we kind of fluctuate the definition of what being a man is. Mm-hmm. What is the definition of being a man to you? I mean, like I kind of just like just mentioned before, just coming at you. Honestly, being a man to me is coming at you with love and everything. Mm-hmm. And when it, when I what I mean by love is like I'm going to come at you. We're going to talk. Like I said, we may not see eye to eye, but I'm always going to have respect for you as long as you don't disrespect me and my views, my values, or anything like that. And so when I say come at you with love and everything, I'm going to come with you with compassion. I'm going to come with you you know, with empathy, try to feel how you feel and everything. And then I'm going to assess those things that you tell me and everything and how you feel and how you how your viewpoints are. And then I'm going to let you know that, hey, I agree with this, or hey, I don't agree with this, or hey, you know, I just kind of just want to mutually be like, I agree. I agree to disagree, but come to somebody with respect in mm-hmm. general. Yeah, and I, I love that definition. Come to somebody with respect. When you come in to somebody being a man, you're coming with respect, and especially not only treating black men with respect, but just everybody in general, especially treating our women with respect. Period. Point blank. When it also comes to the cohesion of a black men in the community, I feel like a big part of um, some of our differences and some of our issues comes with competition. Now, what, uh, and you know what competition is, correct? Mm-hmm. You know, co- competing against each other. Of course. Now, do you think that that discourages camaraderie between black men? 
Definitely. I mean, like, when you say compete, like, there's always going to be competition. Like, who's got the flyest shoes? Who's got the flashiest jewelry? Who's got, you know, the most women and stuff like that? Or just, like, a lot of the things that are materialistic that really don't matter. And mm-hmm. so, like, when there's always competition on that, there's always going to be, you know, something bigger and better out there. And so it just keeps bringing the divide because there's always going to be something to upgrade to. I'm going to use this. So, you know, in our group OTF, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us are doing successful things. Yeah. If I see my brother succeeding, then you know what? I want to see, because my thing is competition could also be used in a positive light. Oh, yeah. So if I see my brother succeeding, you know what? I want to succeed a little bit better. But that doesn't make me wanting to deter my my brother from not succeeding. It's kind of like, how can I say it? I would want him to do better than me. So, because if he does better than me, that means I want to do better for myself. Mm-hmm. And especially, we're kind of like, Pushing each other up, making each other better. Now, would you still consider that competition? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, friendly competition is, is like, always something that is really good because it helps you push each other. Because, like, it's one thing to have jealousy and and be envious and stuff like that. But it's also a term where, you know, iron sharpens iron. The only way you can get better is if you guys keep grinding and everything. Keep grinding against each other and making each other better. And like I said, there's a difference between those two statements that I just said. Mm. And what is that different? Um, when it comes to jealousy and envy and, and everything, like you see something that they have and everything and you want it, but you want it because of spite. When you when I say iron sharpens iron, like you have something great, they have something great. But the way y'all keep getting sharper, keep getting better, is if you guys help each other grind. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. I like the way you said that. Um, I want to pull up uh, two artifacts, two poems, actually, written by uh, some of our historically black uh, Greek members. Uh, Freeman Montague Jr., a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, one of the first historically black fraternities, had written, so our family trees are not the same. We both have a different mother, and yet I'd proudly tell the world that this man is my brother. It's like we've lived our lives together, though we meet for the first time, as his powerful sense of brotherhood makes everything seem fine. Spectators stand and look with awe as we do our secret shake, never realizing that this clasping of hands does not a brother make. We are brothers in a deeper sense than they can comprehend. For when our bond has just begun, theirs is about to end. I feel like that kind of covers when it comes to especially brotherhood between black men. It said secret shake. Now, when it comes to it, fraternity-wise, you know, all fraternity men have a certain secret handshake. To be honest with you, what do black men do (laughs) that seems like a secret, but it's honestly like a common thing for black people? Oh, yeah. Everybody deputies each other up. Right. Everybody dabs each other <laughs> to some degree. Like, I mean, like you can almost kind of tell like how tough somebody messes with somebody by the kind of handshake that you get and everything. Cause like you definitely have like the regular, like, you know, hand clap, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then you got the one where you bring it in give it a hug with the embrace and yep. with the embrace and stuff like that. Then some people like smack hands, give each other a full on hug. It, it like really kind of determines like a relationship and like, you know, what, where y'all are in y'all's friendship and stuff like that. So, I mean, like, that's something that that a lot of black people do. But also a lot of black especially when it comes to, like, even if, like, they don't know each other, you can go, if they're in a predominantly white area, and they go, and I know me personally, I, I see another black person, and I'm like, I, and I'll be looking. Oh, yeah. I see them, and we nod at each other, or we our eyes meet, and we're like, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Always. I, that was That's actually one of the best, like, greets. Because it, it comforts me, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It just knows that, hey, I'm here. I see you. You know, I acknowledge you. I mm-hmm. acknowledge your presence. And I think that's one of the biggest things, I think, within our community that's 
kind of seen as like, oh, that's a secret thing. Or because I remember I've I've had white friends that would say, did you know that person? Nah. And I'd be like, nah, not at all. But it's just a community, I guess, figure or essence. It's almost like that secret shake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna bring another poem. Yes. So, am I my brother's keeper? If you uh, and this, uh, I do not have the writer, but this is from uh, Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated, another historically uh, African American fraternity. Uh, if you are my brother's keeper, uh, will my best interest be at hand, or will you catch an attitude when I cannot meet your demands? If you are my brother's keeper, will you be there in times of need, or will you let our golden friendship be destroyed by jealousy, envy, and greed? If you are my brother's keeper, would you always help me out, or would you take me to the green when I didn't set it out? If you were my brother's keeper, would you put me right on track, lay down your life in times of need, would you always have my back? If you were my brother's keeper, would you let anything come between us, talk to me behind my back, would I ever lose your trust? If you were my brother's keeper, would you fight me over a girl, would you disrespect my family, would you divulge my secret pearl? But I know you're my my keeper because we have a common goal. And uh, when it comes to it, I feel like the common goal, that's what we do not have. Especially when it comes to it, when you don't have the, a common goal with somebody else, there is no camaraderie. There is no, how could I say, there is no essence to a relationship, period, point blank. Especially when it comes to our black men in our community, we do not have a common goal. Where do you think that common goal should be for our black men so we could be connected or unified? Well, I think that a lot of what the goal is now is to be like self-made. And so when people say that, they kind of say that they did it, did it on their own and everything, but everybody has a support system somewhere. And then to answer your question on, you know, what should the goal be? I mean, just like I mentioned earlier, like we should be just one unit and want to see each other get better at whatever it is that their craft or art is or anything like that. And the way that you do that is just showing support. And it doesn't even have to be anything like super duper you know, huge or whatever, it could be something as small as, like, if they post something on Facebook, you share it. That way, like, you saw it, and then you share it, your friend saw it, and if they keep going, it, that's a trend right there. And that's, like, just something small and everything. And so when it comes to a common goal, I mean, like, everybody's common goal should just, you know, always resort back to happiness and then also being successful within your happiness and then happy within your success. Mm. So please say that again. That was that was good. I really don't know what I said, but I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna try and say it again. But I just feel like a lot of black men's goals should be, you know, be successful and strive for happiness, and then also be happiness, be happy within their success. And that that's a great point because I remember having this conversation with my younger brother Leonard, and um, when I told him, I said, you know, do you think there should be a common goal? Uh, within the black community or within the uh, black man. He was like, yeah, our common goal should be success, period, point blank. But success for who? And when it comes to success for who, when you ask that question, like you said, people can be, people will think, you know, I want to be successful, mm-hmm. me personally. So I want to be, I'm self-made. This is my success. I've done this. Mm-hmm. But like you said, everybody has a community somewhere. And I, f- I feel like when it, or a support system, you said support system. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody has a support system somewhere. And I know me, to be honest with you, because I always, I usually, I always thank everybody. I'm like, you know, thank you for doing this for me. Thank you for doing this for me. I'm so blessed. Or I'm so thankful for you. And people are like, Le- Leon, you've done this on your, on your own. Even though I might have done it on my own, I had your support. Mm-hmm. 
either you just saying something to me like seriously your position in my life geared me or led me to do this one act or to do this uh, certain thing and all of that was just needed for my success and that success wouldn't be here in my life if it wasn't for your support or even just that person just being there and I feel like when it comes to it instead of thinking like you said like hey, we should have that self-made idea we should have that just we need to know our support system and sometimes we also have to be able to we have we have to be able to be someone else's support system because like you said you know it could be the smallest thing especially if I see if you see another uh, black man black man in the community especially here on campus this is what hey brother I see what you're doing you're doing a good thing or man nice shirt nice shoes not competing each other competing against each other as in, or how can I say competing each other as in you know what this guy got this position you know what forget him mm-hmm. you need to be like alright this guy got this position but you know what that's fine I'm going to get me another position so I can be successful you know hats off for him to get that position in the first place you know because when we think of that self made success I feel like that just draws a big negative reaction when it comes to the cohesion of our uh, members of the community. Uh, what would your advice be to students, to other black students, on um, how to better uh, communication between black men to better the cohesion? Definitely, I would definitely probably just let them know that talking to somebody else just because you don't know them doesn't hurt mm-hmm. and everything. Don't be afraid to start that dialogue. Don't be afraid to you know take that first step and stuff like that. And it may not work the first time. That's okay. Persistence is key and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then also, like, if somebody sees you do it, that can inspire them to just be like, hey, you know, he did it. Why don't I get out here and try to do it as well and stuff like that. And so it only takes, you know, one drop to make a ripple, and then ripples turn into waves. And, like, it's just like a domino effect. Like, it just starts adding up over time and everything if you start putting the work and the effort towards that goal or, you know, whatever you want to be done in everything, especially like just something as small as just having the black community just talk should not be so hard, especially amongst black men and stuff like that. Because I mean like a lot of the same interests and stuff like that and everything. And like I've seen people like in the gym like who don't talk to each other at all. But we're all playing basketball together. Like we're on a court but we don't communicate. You pick them up but you don't talk to them and stuff like that. You're just out there playing. And then if y'all lose it's like, you know, not it's not any talk about, like, you know, what do we do this game that we can do better for the next game? It's just, like, they all separate, and then you just pick up, you know, random new teams and stuff like that. I mean, granted, that's just how basketball goes when it's pickup, but, like, it's just, like, a lack of communication, even in something as simple as sports, where communication is very, very key and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, like, communication just goes a long way with any situation, whether it be education, sport, religion, or anything, just of any importance in some substance, communication always boils down to it. Gentlemen, Malik Grimes, everybody. Boy, oh, man, thank you for being on the show, man. You you were great. It's were hot, great. and I'm hot. <laughs> I was on a roll. Butter me, butter me up. Uh, butter you up. I'm dead. Well, uh, this is the end of the show. I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show, my man. Everybody I want to shout out my mom in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're leaving East Brainerd. Woo-hoo. <laughs> And also, special shout-outs go to uh, Matt Bugatti. Thank you for ro- uh, rolling with me. Kawasaki Thank you for my, <laughs> my producer, shout-out to, again, Jalen Malik Grimes. 
Shout out to Shara Lange and Tammy Hayes. Uh, shout out to Jesse Denny and Miss Georgia Dover. Thank you for letting us use the room. Uh, shout out to Candy. I love you so much. And also, last but not least, thank you, Media and Communication Department at East Tennessee State University. This was Blacklight, the collegiate discussion on the black student diaspora. Thank you for rolling with me. I am your host, Leon Humphrey, and I'll see you next time. The quiet storm.